and today we are going to be reading The Boy of the Bells. Nine more days till Christmas and nine days. Nine hundred weeks. <laughs> I'm kidding. The Boy of the Bells. In a small village very far up north, there lived a grandfather and his two grandchildren. The village was called Hawaii, cause it was September all the way to April. It felt like Christmas there. Indeed, Noily, Noily was the first stop on Santa's well-mapped voyage around the world. In October, the townspeople of Noir began making Christmas wreaths out of the flowers and pines so fresh and sweet after the short months of summer. By early November, nearly every house had decorated Christmas tree and snow Santas, all the above the shapes and sizes sat plump and frozen in front of the yards on porches. <laughs> Grandfather Junior and his two grandchildren, Mary and Ben, lived in a little house attached to the mark by the ringing of the bells in the steeple from six in the morning till midnight. He had been doing this for 53 years, but this Christmas, Grandfather was tired and worried about Miranda. His concert had begun one morning last winter when Miranda joined Ben and Grandfather for breakfast, but he said not one word. They ignored it first, explaining her silence and sleepiness, but maybe that a bad mood. But even now, these many months later, it continued. She seemed to hear everything. And though she often smiled sweetly in response to her teacher's questions, or Ben's funny joke, she never uttered a sound. No one could figure out. Not everyone village a doctor who exclaimed with her too. Scope and a jerking hammer. She grew love to sing and sing anymore. Mostly, she sat in her room with her books and made sketches of pine trees jagged with snow. Outside her window, she cooked the family's meals, but sat silently while Ben ran by. Father tried and ran to get her to say even one word. word. Ben felt like he lost his best friend. Christmas Eve was but one short night away. Father was so worried, he has been only ten years old, to 
take his place in the first from his grandfather, but only recently were his arms strong enough to pull up, suffocating on the hard roof. Christmas Eve arrived in moonless, moonless sky. A strong west wind piled the snow up high on the window pans. Miranda was making a heart Christmas soup, and neighbors had brought fresh bread and plum pudding to grandfather's juniper's kitchen. The red candles were lit and a fire in the hearth cast a warm and comforting glow on the visitors. There's no here's to the merriest Christmas yet, said Jonathan. The young baker, as he lifted a glass of cranberry punch. And here's to young man's first night alone on the bell tower. Take a blanket and pillows with you and maybe some plum pudding in case you get hungry. His grandfather said, sending him off with a smile. Merry Christmas, Ben, said all of his rosy-faced friends. Miranda just looked at her brother and blew him a kiss. Ben climbed on the spiral staircase to the tower. There are 32 steps. They were crooked and most of them squeaked in creaks and checked his watch. Six minutes before eight o'clock, his heart was filled with pride and excitement as he settled into Grandfather Jupiter's big comfortable chair. Am I really going to meet Santa Claus? He wondered. What will I think when he sees me instead of Grandfather? He took the rope in his hands and exactly eight o'clock he rang the big bell. It sounded crisp and melodious. It rang through the little village. Children all, all over New York heard it and read it. Rated themselves for bed. Stockings were hung. And parents kissed and cookies and milk off the kitchen tables. On the kitchen tables, lights dimmed in the windows of the sleepy town. By the time Ben rang the tunnel clock bell, the town was hushed and fires were out. Ben wondered if Miranda was still awake, listening for to him sound and chimes. 
Was she proud? Was she excited? Ben wished she, he knew. He wanted his sister to be happy. He wanted her to speak again and care again, to sing again, to be lively and talk and talk and talk. Then Ben had an idea. What if I sounded the bell 12 times at 11 o'clock? Maybe Santa would go to Nora an hour early. And Ben would have a chance to talk to him and explain about Miranda's silence. Maybe Santa could help, he thought. About his plan, and he said to himself, Yes! This is so important. Santa will understand. Eleven o'clock. Ben took the heavy cord in his hand and pulled it hard with confidence. Twelve times the bell rang through the night, and he sat back down in the chair. He made a deal, and the sound was the wind blowing the fine flakes of snow against the window of the tower. Up at the North Pole, Santa woke from a deep from a deep sleep. He thought, something is off. What is this? Said Santa, am I growing so old and so tired? I don't hear my wife call my name. But then he looked out and saw Mrs. Claus was just surprised as he was. Oh, hurry, Nicholas, he urged, I'll help you just. I guess our alarm clock must be broken. There were 12 times when you know me. I'm sure that Santa mumbled awake, down his red suit and grabbed a biscuit and mounted his sleigh. His reindeer were quite confused by this rapid temperature. Good reindeer, don't worry, my friends. We'll make up some time of the ocean. Mrs. Claus and Chicken this swear on the winds of the confusion and then to the noise. Set to park to the sleigh, but the, in the sleigh, in the sky, by the clock tower, it's warm and usually occupied by his good friend Juniper. He was surprised to see Ben inside. Ben was wasting no time explaining. Oh, Santa, I struck the bells an hour early because I have to talk to you. Grandfather asked me to take over. Because he was so tired. You see, he was terribly worried about Miranda. That was, uh, that's my sister. He, she hasn't talked in almost a year, and we don't know why. We're also upset. And I'm so lonely because she's my best friend. And gosh, I really hoped you might be able to make her talk again. Ben said this excitedly. All in one breath, he looked up into Santa's eyes. He saw expression. He was nearly the opposite of Twinkle. He was afraid to name it. Santa, I hope you haven't been angry with me. You know Ben and Grandma gave you a big job. All year I waited for those bells. All year I worked making my sack of toys ready for just this night. Found out Ben. Santa found out Ben. Obviously I'm very annoyed. His face was definitely not merry or rosy. And in fact his belly looked a little less robust in pictures. Oh dear, Ben said. I guess I don't think Hard enough about it. There's so many children all over the world that have problems, but I don't have magic 
want to make their troubles disappear. No, Ben, this is your challenge, Santa was stern, but a gentle understanding was was not far from creeping back into his crinkly eyes. I'm so sorry, Santa. I was only trying to help Miranda. Don't leave anything for me this year, but please. Is there anything you can explain to me about Miranda Simons? Sorry about your sister, Ben, said Santa, but I can't always tell you why some things happen the way they do. There's so many mysteries in the universe, I can tell you. Why you get a warm feeling of excitement all down my back when I hear a church bell ring. One thing you learned in the North Pole to do is the very best job for just today. That's what ourselves can do just for today, Aspen and considering. Listen, son, Santa shook his whiskers and put his arm around Ben's shoulder. Yes, Santa? We're ready to take on the most impossible task. When you wake, when you wake the town this morning, ring the bells as if you were the greatest magician on earth. Make it each stroke count. Even sounds you've never heard before, reach deep down inside for your inspiration. Make your grandfather proud. As Santa turned to go, he looked back at Ben. This is just between you and me. Right, Ben? Thank you, Santa. The noble Santa kissed. Santa's eyes lit up with Santa's eye and glowed like fireplace beneath his white Snow White eyebrows after he disappeared and then Ben heard only a faint ringing in the sleigh of bells as Santa the reindeer sailed up and then farther up to the snowy Christmas night. Maybe just good luck on the way on the windows were blown and the snow drifting on the way. Pines were saved, but no one out on the town of Noe was awake to hear the bells in the second time. The actual stroke of midnight sent to a gym murmur murmured and shipped position under their covers. Some gown ups had dreams about when they were children. Miranda dreamed of a little house by the sea where the cries of sea goes announced under her hours of the day and they streamed through the bell summer skies. Grandfather Jupiter and Ben were holding bits of a baton baton and they couldn't dream Ben looking at at the silver button and critic, criticking in an orchestra in the sky. But Ben was not even a little bit tired. He was planning a feast, a feast of sounds. Forty more days, forty or more dusty bells, songs of times of very and grandfather used over the years.
were stacked up all around the floor and the shelves of the bell tower between midnight and one o'clock. Ben dusted them all, tried each one for tone and pitch, and assembled them all. Tried each one for tone and pitch, assembled them all in a row. Ben chose a small bell to peel the first hour of Christmas morning. After all, he didn't want to awake anyone at two, three, four, five. In the morning, Ben added more and more bells, learning about their magical sounds as he tried each one. And then the sky began to brighten, and the cases of snow appeared off the flurry. As the wind softened to a whisper, and then gathered his instruments beside him, his sticks, mallets, and hammers, and hands, and strong and gongs and bells and chimes spread in front of, out in front of him. It was close to six o'clock and Ben tried. Ben was tired, but not tired. He was excited but calm. It felt chilly, but somehow on the fire. He wanted Grandfather to be proud of him and seemed to, to forgive him listening to a quiet voice inside him. The voice might like music with them words. Ben began to ring the bells. He was opening the songs all of the heavens. It was just symphony of bells in the times of India and African songs of China and alien bells from all over the world sounded together in an ocean of bells. Gusty blast of music filled the morning air and woke Dreamers, boys, girls, all over. Nolly ran to the purse. They had hung their stockings the night before. Parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, pleaded for a few more minutes to warm and quiet be for. For leaving their beds and to start their wood fires and put on the coffee, but everyone was absolutely, everyone could hear the magic coming from the bell tower. The center of the village, maybe it lasted one minute, maybe more like 10, but the symphony of bells reminded in everyone's memory for the rest of their lives. Ben was so thrilled he kept ringing the bells all morning, but he heard something that made him pause. He heard footsteps on the stairs leading up to the bell tower. They creaked in slow steady. Ben, Ben, Miranda, appeared glittering figure in the doorway. Ben stopped and turned in surprise. Ben was the most, Ben, that's the most beautiful sound I ever heard. I really thought, I was dreaming. I can't believe it's you. Miranda left. And a ray of sunlight made her for sure even more dazzling. Her eyes shone with joy as they have him for months. Which made tears come out of Ben's eye. Miranda, I'm so happy. Merry Christmas. It's good to hear you again. Merry Christmas, Ben. Come on, let's go downstairs and make breakfast and open our presents. Ben followed his sister down rickety, the rickety stairs, but he looked at the sky 
And Jen said, thank you, Mr. Santa Claus. He said in a whisper, and he imagined Santa's face before him. The second or two, he was sure he heard Santa's sleigh bells. Santa seemed to be saying, it was you, Ben. It was all you. The end. magnificent thing. This is a regular girl and her best friend in the whole wide world. They do all kinds of things together. They race, they eat, they explore, they relax. She makes things. She unmakes things. One day the girl had a wonderful idea. She is going to make the most magnificent thing. Next, they gather the supplies. They set up somewhere out of the way and get to work. The girls tinkers and hammers and measures. Wilt, her assistant, pounces and growls and chews. She is finished. She steps back to admire her work. She walks around one side. Her assistant admires the other side. It doesn't look right. Her assistant picks it up and gives it a shake. It doesn't feel right either. They are shocked to discover this isn't the mouse. This isn't magnificent or good. It isn't a kind of short of okay. It is all wrong. Girl tosses it aside and gives it another go. She smooths the fishes and fills. Her assistant circles and tugs and wags. When she is finished, she stands up, takes a look at it. Her assistant gives it a nudge with his paw. This is still wrong. She decides to try again. The girl saws and glues and adjusts. She stands and exams and stares. She twists and tweaks and fastens. She fixes and straightens and studies. Tries all the different ways to make it better. She makes it square, she makes it round, she gives it like she adds in tenai. She makes it fuzzy, she makes it long, rough, smooth, small. Even one smells like stinky cheese. 
but none of them are magnificent. Her hard work attracts a few admirers, but they don't understand. They can't see. They can't see the magnificent thing that she has in her mind. She gets mad. Her ang- the angrier she gets, the faster she works. She smashes peaches into shapes. She jams parts together. She pumps the parts a little bit. Her hands feel too big to work, and her brain is too full of the not just not right things. The only thing would, if only the thing would just work. Crunch. The pain starts in her finger. She rushes up. It rushes up to her brain, and she explodes. This is not her finest moment. I'm no good at this. I quit. Resistance suggests a walk. It is not much help at first. But before long, she starts to feel different. By a bit. The mad pushes out of her head. As they stroll along, she comes across the first wrong thing she made. The bad feelings are all about to start all over again. And then she notices something surprising. There are some parts of the wrong things that are really quite right. The bolts in one, the shape of another, the wheel to a seat, radial of the next. There are all sorts of parts that she likes. By the time she reaches the end of the trail, she finally knows how to make magnificent. The thing magnificent. She gets to work. She works carefully and slowly, tinkering, hammering, twisting, filling, glugging, painting. Her sister makes sure there are no distractions. The afternoon fades into evening. Finally, she finishes. She alerts her assistant. Take a good long look. It leans a little to the left. It's a bit heavier than expected. The collar could use a bit of work too, but it's just what she needs.